You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 410. I'm your host, Chicky Mick. Alongside with me, he brings you awesome every week. I yield to no one. Well, I had a... Last week, I had a really good intro, you know, referencing 409 by the Beach Boys, and Tricky didn't get the reference. All right. Alex will be joining us later. He is currently cooking for the kids, so he said to start the show without him. And that's what we did. Uh, so, Yield. Yeah. I'm extremely pissed off right now. Why? Is it, is, it because, is it because the Giants suck? Oh, no, no. Oh. Is, uh, it, is it because the NASCAR's quote-unquote playoffs ended with a Kyle Busch victory? Well, that didn't help today, but that, no. Oh, okay. I'm out of guesses. Uh, well, you already know the answer. I know I'm just the answer. I'm just well, I'm I'm playing along <laughs> for the show. Come on, man. So anyway, I went to buy a new fangled uh, computer today. Uh, got the highest graphics card. Got the best sound card. Uh, was gonna buy a monitor, but decided to hold off on that because the computer alone was expensive enough. Uh, get it home. Start to hook it up and turn it on. And Windows is not installed in the computer. Not me being a tech savvy guy, uh, savvy guy. You know, I think okay, no big deal. I'll install Windows. Grab the Windows disk out of the box. Walk over to the computer. There's no disk drive. Don't. So I call up customer support. Uh, I need to get this fixed. You know, how can I do this? You know, because I mean, I know the back end of how to do it, like go into DOS and do all that stuff. But I'm thinking this is a brand new computer. I there's a warranty on this. I'm not going to take the risk of screwing something up. I'll just call them up. I call up tech customer support. Guess what they tell me to do? Turn it off, turn it back on again? No, stick the, stick the Windows disk in the disk drive. Did you explain to them that it didn't have a disk drive? Yes, I did. And what did they say at that point? Oh, you have a 15-day return policy. Just bring it back. You can get your money back. Awesome. So you have to pack not, it. You have to pack it back up. I'm not packing in. this. I'm not packing this thing back up. I'm putting it right back in the box. The, it's the way it is. And then order another one, and this time be like, install Windows. Well, uh, this time I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna open it up in the store and make sure Windows is installed on it before I leave the store. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. So I'm not gonna say how much on the show I spent. But uh, it was it was quite a, a bit, lot. It was quite a bit of money. Um, that was Daryl sending me a message because uh, I told him PG spoilers was out. Uh so yeah, that's been my day so far. Yeah, spent about three hours at the store trying to find the right computer. Um, yeah. And the icing on the cake, I didn't tell you this yet, Yield. What's that? On the way home, on the way home, 
I ordered uh, some other things for the computer, including the PVR so I can stream at 4K and all this other stuff. So I have parts coming for the computer that doesn't work. Nice. You might as well get the same computer or cancel your order. Well, I'm probably I'm going to get the same computer. Either that or they're just going to have to get a thumb drive with Windows on it and install there. So, yeah, that's been my day, sir. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's get into our updated trophy count. I am level 53. I am 53 and like 99% or 97%. I'm looking right now. So I'll be getting uh, level 54 soon. Uh, total trophies of 12,649 with 228 platinums. I got another one. Alex is level 31. Total trophies of 6,924 with 102 platinums. Yeah. In 101 games. No, no, no. We're not, we're not yes. doing that. Anymore. Yes, that's important. After he betrayed me on last week's episode, I am not giving him that courtesy no more. In 101 games. Anyway, I am a level 28. With a trophy count of 5890. And a platinum count of 92. And Sid is level 40 with total trophies of 9307 with 170 plats. And Steve is level 16, total trophies of 2222 with 11 platinums. So let's get into what we're playing. Uh, I'll let you go first, sir. Okay. So big surprise here. I've been playing some World of Warship Legends. Uh, was at a buddy's house over the weekend and we played some Just Cause 4 and then uh, I have been playing since Friday and a lot today I have been playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order oh I got a funny story for you when uh, when I get to what we're playing okay and that's all I've been playing okay just those three games uh, alright so I have been playing more Death Stranding uh, so alright alright so, uh, a buddy of mine on my system has been playing Death Stranding, and I'm like, so... Is on it, your system? Not my system, sorry. On my friend's list, he's been playing, and I, I, I sent him a message, and I said, dude, is, is it worth the hype? Does it make any sense? And he was like, well, I'm, I'm starting to get into the game, but it is really confusing. So, with that being said, Tricky, do you know what the heck you're doing besides it being a walking sim and a delivery sim? No. Okay. But what does make sense is if you remember last week I was told you I got my first motorcycle, which doesn't really make sense to make deliveries on a motorcycle because all the ground is basically covered with rocks and you can't like get any momentum because you constantly have to steer and not to mention the steering in the game. I didn't mention this last week, but the steering in the game is horrible. Oh, so you're saying it's like driving a tank? <laughs> uh, slightly better than that. Did you ever play um, Watch Dogs, the first one? Not yet. It, it, it's in my queue of backlog. Okay. But I heard that driving right. that, that driving wasn't the greatest either. Well, when it, when it started off, when the game first came out, the, the driver was horrible. They wound up patching it. Um, and it made it better. But what I did find um, is... The cool aspect about the game is everybody works together to rebuild America. So, for example, if I go to a center, I can build a power tower, 
That's not what it's called in the game. I just forget what it's actually called. I think it's called a generator. But I can put a generator outside of that center. So when you come along, you can use that generator. Okay. But you have to connect each center to the grid. So when you like, okay, the best way I can explain this, um, let's say me and you, we both start out in New York. There's a center in Ohio. Okay. So now, as we leave New York, halfway between New York and Ohio, we'll get shut out of the grid. But right. up until that halfway point, everybody that's connected that that hub in New York can all use each other's stuff. A ladder, a rope, a, you know, somebody left a motorcycle. If you got attacked on your way and you drop some gear, I can pick that gear up and deliver it for you. Okay. So now, once we get to Ohio and we connect the grid, then all the distance between Ohio and New York is now connected to the grid. <clears throat> so there are aspects of where you can build a road. So as you come across these things, you can donate supplies to what they call an auto paver. And once enough supplies have been donated to the auto paver, roads get built. All right. Now you can ride your motorcycle rock free. Right. I mean, obviously on the roads. Obviously, if you're going to go off road, you know, you still got that problem. But everybody works together. So you you look at it as like, okay, I've completed that stranding. You say, and like, okay, one of your biggest gripes about playing the division with me is that you actually wanted to play the game and didn't want me to come in and just like mass murder everything. You actually wanted to work your way through without being pulled through. Yes. Death Stranding lets me pull you through, but it also allows you to play the game to a certain point before it allows my help to you. Even though we're not playing together. Does that make sense to you? Sort of. Okay. So, let's say I get to a mountain that we that you have to cross in the game. Alright. If I have a ladder, I can put that ladder up and I go up the ladder. but And my ladder stays there unless I destroy it. Now, once I get to the top of that mountain, I can then put uh, a rope down on the edge of the mountain and throw the rope across the side. So now as you come across, let's say you don't have a ladder and your boots are wearing thin and you know whatever, you can actually use now use my rope to climb up that mountain. Okay. So in that aspect, that's what Death Stranded is. It's about rebuilding America. But I still haven't understood why the BTs and the BBs. Like, that just hasn't occurred to me yet. But I got a little bit of the story, so it's it's all starting to take shape, but it's just not all the way there yet. Gotcha. Um, playing some, uh, some more Division 2, obviously. You played a little rock band, something you didn't do. No, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. 
trying to get the bloodstone, you won't help out. My bad, G. Uh, <laughs> uh, got uh, one more visual novel, which was a giant pain in the ass. Uh, I just... I, I have one more... I had, last time I talked, I said I was taking a break from the visual novels, but I still had two more to play. Uh, so I knocked one of them out, and the other one I'm going to do eventually, but I'm trying to really uh, stay with Death Stranding to get that done. Uh, now, as far as Jedi Fallen Order, it's okay. an EA game, so I thought, you know what? I'll just buy a year worth of EA uh, access. Because it lets me do a 10-hour free trial of the new games. It lets me play Anthem. It lets me download Unravel 1 and 2 for Sweet Mama D to play. Oh, that's why you were playing Anthem the other day. Right. But apparently, and I knew this already before I bought EA Access. EA had made a decision that they were not going to allow Jedi Fallen Order for the 10-hour free trial to avoid spoilers. Well, that makes sense. That, that's actually a smart decision by them. No, that doesn't make sense. No, that does make sense. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you why it doesn't make sense. Okay, tell me why, because it makes sense to me, because people like to spoil things. Yes, but the EA Access, the 10-hour 10, 10 free trial, is normally a service where they release the game early... And allow people to play up to 10 hours for free. Okay. Unless you've bought the game, then you just start playing the game earlier. They've decided not to release it on EA Access at all. Even after launch. <laughs> so, that's why it doesn't make sense. Because if I bought the game at full price, I'd be able to spoil the shit out of it. But you're not letting me try for 10 hours because you're trying to avoid spoilers. Oh, they just need a different reason, but that's funny stuff. So the whole reason I bought EA Access for the year, which only cost me $30. I'm not really upset because I was able to play Anthem. Um, and you, like I said, you, I'm also you, able to get Unravel for Sweet Mama D. You wanted to play Anthem? Yeah, I wanted to try it out. Oh, Okay. And we have a story in the agenda about that. But it also lets me play uh, Need for Speed because CJ has been uh, raving about it. Oh, the so, new, the newest one. Yeah, and I told CJ, I said, uh, it only, you know, it only lets me play for ten hours. He goes, "Oh, don't worry, that's plenty of time to get the platinum." <laughs> so I said, "Okay." That's so, that. That is sad. In that instance. But I have that you, get, uh, I, that, you, you can, that you can get a driving game platinum like that in less than ten hours. Well, but I'm then, sure CJ figured something out. But then I I, I read, read a little blurbs on Twitter that it's not a bad game, but it's not really the best game in the Need for Speed lineup. But it's better than games past, something like that. That's what I read. Let me let me see if I can find uh, CJ's. Because uh, me and him were having a conversation about it. And he made some kind of comment. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, oh, Basically, he said that it's not as bad as what everybody was making it out to be. And it's actually uh, a good game. 
All right, so let's get into our topics. Okay. You ready? Sure. All right, so we have an update. Remember the we had the conversation about Blitz Chung and Overwatch suspended him? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Overwatch game director gave... I'm sorry, gave... Jeff Kaplan has expressed concerns about the punishment imposed on Hearthstone player Blitzchung. Talking to the Washington Post, Blizzard's vice president and Overwatch game director said, quote, I was relieved when they re- reduced his suspension, and I think the suspension should be reduced more or eliminated, but that's just me. I'm obviously a huge supporter of free speech. It's something that's very important to me. It got to me personally. I think the punishment was too harsh, and I was greatly relieved when they gave him his money back. I think that was extremely important. Uh, I think as individuals, we have very different feelings about what happened in regards to the Hearthstone tournament and Blitzchung. There are a lot of very different reactions among all of us. That's the end of the quote. Captain explained that the Overwatch team had to deal with player suspensions before, and that it usually takes four or five days to reach a decision. But as Blizzard President J. Allen Brack said in the opening ceremony of BlizzCon 2019, the company moved too quickly in regards to Blitzchung's punishment. However, Kaplan is clear to, that the redu- reduction of Blitzchung's suspension from 12 months to 6 months isn't enough for his personal beliefs. He does note that his opinion isn't shared unanimously by everyone at Blizzard. So, I bring this up, uh, not so much that we talk about Blitzchung again, but that Weeks after it happened, and now conspicuously right after BlizzCon, you have the vice president of Blizzard coming out and speaking about this. What hmm. do you think about that? Uh, I honestly, I've moved on. <clears throat> I just, oh, I, I find it funny that he waited until after BlizzCon, BlizzCon to talk about this. Well, yeah, because you want to talk about positive stuff, not negative stuff. Well, that's true, but if he would have said something like this before BlizzCon, do you think that uh, it would have affected BlizzCon at all? Like, maybe it's, there would have been so many protests? It's it's hard to say. Uh, I would say po- possibly. I mean, if if they feel they were doing the right thing, then that's why they didn't say anything. If they really felt that they were in the wrong and were trying to get things fixed, then they probably should have gotten out in front of BlizzCon. But all right, Alex just arrived. Alex, what do you think? So no, I uh, like I told you on the phone. I literally got done making dinner for the kids, then taking Athena out, which is you know for her to find a place to poop and pee is always a, an endeavor. And then as soon as I come in the door to the bedroom. To start recording, the cat is right there trying to get out. He puts his paw out. I step on his paw accidentally, and his nail—one of his nails—goes into my foot. You're not having so, a good day. So, yeah. What? Okay. Uh, you know, we'll just move on because it's a little bit much to uh, to recap. Uh, so. Well, I mean, I think that they should have. So you said that the recent comments, and I'll see if I can read up on them real quick on my phone basically came out in support of Blitzchung, who was the player who on... That was suspended um, for the... At, for, at, uh, that was suspended for the year, but got reduced down to six months. Yes. So, I mean, I... I would say that that's something they should have addressed as soon... If that's really their stance, 
and there was this big blow up, that's something they should have addressed right away and said, this is why we did what we did. Uh, we support, you know, this, but for them, I don't know, the timing is off, because, well, like, it's almost like if you're not going to do it before BlizzCon or from the start, like, doing this, like, it's a move that if you're showing support for that, it's not going to, you know, sway opinion of you either way. Like, it's not going to, like, if you say it before BlizzCon, it's not going to negatively affect BlizzCon unless they're worried about the whole Chinese aspect of it. Uh, the Chinese government aspect of it, but it's not going to do anything to sway opinion whether you do it before or after. It's just like, why did you wait this long? Okay, to say but let, let's uh, let's recap the timeline here. Which they Blitzchunk did what he did. They suspended him for a year. A week later, they come out and they say, okay, his suspension's too long. We're going to cut it in half. We're still suspending the shoutcasters and we're giving him his money back. Two weeks passes. BlizzCon comes out. They address it in their keynote speech. They say they stand by their decision and explain why they did what they did. Now, after BlizzCon's done and over with, you have the vice president of Blizzard coming out basically saying, I support Blitzchung and what he did, but he still had to do his punishment. But I find it weird that we had a presser from Blizzard with no personality attached to it now the vice president's coming out after BlizzCon, and my point was, if he was in support of him, if he would have came out before BlizzCon, maybe there would not have been protest because at least there's a face to the statement. I mean, now. It's, there still might have been protest because even if Kaplan came out and said that, um, you know, there might have been other people from Blizzard still that still went against what he said or were at an opposing opinion of him. So you still may have had a boycott or, you know, an uprising against um, Blizzard because other people in the company may not have felt the same way that Kaplan did. Like I said before, it's weird timing that he says it should be eliminated altogether because, like, dude, how long ago did this happen and you're just now waiting to speak up? So I don't know if Blizzard, like, said, hey, you know, you guys don't say anything until this amount of time, stay away from the media about this, don't answer questions on Twitter. I don't know if there was some kind of, like, hush order by the company. It's just a weird time to come out and say this. Well, he it's also like, did. Okay, he also did over. say that not all of Blizzard is is in agreement with him. No, it definitely is is odd. And you know, you talk about lawyers and making sure that legally you don't do anything to kind of like trip up the company or yourself. It's been long enough for the lawyers to look through this. So, quite frankly, it's just odd timing in general. And I don't understand why he waited until now to come out. It doesn't, to be honest, make them look any better. It may look Kaplan better, but it doesn't make Blizzard look any better regardless. All right. So we're going to move on now. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of geek speak. Uh, hopefully uh, you guys can... Cause I, and I don't mean this insulting, but I know you guys don't uh, deal with the specs of stuff uh, too much. Uh, this article is coming from PCBag.com. The PlayStation 5 GPU outperforms a GeForce RTX 2070 Super. Okay. Uh, What's a GeForce <laughs> RTX 2070 Super? Okay. Uh, to give you an idea, which is really not going to help you, the computer that I just bought yeah. is a GeForce RTX 2080 Ti. Okay. So so so, so uh, that's really good. Right. So 
Well, hold on. So, hold on. You There's already a computer system out now, one that you own, that's already better than the PlayStation 5, which doesn't release until next year? Yes and no. Okay, well, that doesn't get me excited. You know, reading this headline, like, I would assume that, oh, okay, that's a really impressive stat that the PlayStation can outperform this, but if that model, like the 2070, is not top of the line and kind of obsolete... That makes the PS. No, no, no. The PlayStation saying the PlayStation Five outperforms the twenty seventy. Yeah, but if there's a twenty eighty and you have it now, and it's a year out of the PlayStation 5's release, how does that not look? The PlayStation Five look because the, it. It's not the it's not the same thing. It like how do I explain this in a way that makes sense? Okay. I just don't understand how this is impressive for the PS5 if there's already another model that's already beating the PlayStation 5 a year before it's okay, released. Uh, what kind of car do you own, Alex? Hell if I know. I have a laptop. And it's like a f- five, six-year-old laptop. Yo, did so I, nothing state-of-the-art. Yo, did I ask that. a weird question or did I, did I ask a straightforward question? Well, you asked him what car he had. And yeah. and I think he didn't didn't hear you as he talked about his computer. Or he doesn't want you to know. You say car. He said car. car. I thought you. No, 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 no. He said car. Car. It's a toy. Th- 2014 Toyota okay. Corolla. Or t- excuse me, Toyota Camry. Okay. You, okay. So you have a Camry. You know how they sell different levels of Camry. Uh, you know, you have the basic, you have the deluxe, and then you have the super duper packages that they sell. Like the sport, the sport right. model, and all that. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar. The 2080 is the top of the line. The 2070 is just barely below that. So the PlayStation 5 is falling right between those two. Let me let me ask you this. When did the 2070... How long was it between the release of the 2070 and the 2080? I think they just recently came out. Maybe within the last month or so. So, no, no, no. But, like, I mean... I'm assuming that's the release of the 2080. How far in between the 2070 and the 2080 was that, like, that space? Oh, they came out in between. Simultaneously. So, what's to say that, like, a 2090 or something like that doesn't come out within oh, the next year? Oh, it absolutely will. Yeah. So, how does this look to make the PlayStation 5 look good? Because it's saying that it can run at high specs already. So how long before it, how long before it burns yeah, but, out? But the, but the twenty seventy by the time the PlayStation Five comes out, that's like the the Wii U saying it can outperform the PlayStation Three. No, <laughs> oh my! Because Lord. soon after it became completely okay. obsolete. You, you guys are just. I I, I get no, what no, you're no, saying, no. I mean, Alex. We're talking about computer models that constantly iterate okay. and get better, and right now the PlayStation is already beaten out by an iteration of the computer, the twenty eighty, when you've already admitted that. They're probably going to release better versions of that in the following year. We're still a year out from the PlayStation. I still I don't understand how it's impressive to say that the PlayStation runs better than an obsolete version of the toy. Ooh, but it's obsolete. not. But it's not obsolete. But by the time it'll definitely be obsolete by the time the PlayStation well, Five that, comes out. It's the same thing when the PlayStation One came out, the PlayStation Two came out, the PlayStation Three came out, PlayStation Four came out. There's always going to be a better PC out there. But the fact that this can run at the specs it's running at right now is highly impressive, especially since if you go to the store and you buy a 
uh, RTX 720, it's going to cost you $500 just for the card. The RTX 2080 is $740. So, you're getting... Sony found a way to make their graphics card run better than a $500 graphics card for a computer. And unless the PlayStation 5 is going to come out costing $700, $800, this is impressive. Don't yeah, give them any ideas. You, you better bleep this so, out. Okay, oh, so oh, when oh, you put it in oh. terms of that, it's a little easier to swallow. But at the same time, like I don't think they should be comparing it to computers because people who play games on computers versus people who play console games are very different. They're two very yes. separate audiences. If you're going to okay. do something... So compare it to like the current PlayStation 4 or like maybe the Xbox or something like that. Don't compare it to okay, the okay. computer. Oh, because it, like, to me... Right, everybody... <laughs> To me, it looks bad because it's like, hey, it runs better than this, but this is going to be obsolete at some uh -oh. point by the time the PlayStation okay. 5 comes you, out. You, you're Compare looking at the wrong argument, Alex, the, though. I'm telling you the argument you gave me was I could understand that better okay. and I could see why. Okay. It would be <laughs> but compare it to the PlayStation 4 and explain why it's better than that because I don't care how it runs compared to a computer. Okay, well then listen to this. Yes. The PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 4 Pro run on AMD's Radeon... GCN GPU microarchitecture, which the PlayStation 5 will run on the, the successor to that. According to Twitter user is a parrot, the PlayStation 5 GPU does end up running at 2 gigahertz and will equate to 9.2 teraflops of performance on RDA or the equivalent of 14 teraflops on GCN. For comparison, the PlayStation 4 Pro achieves 4.2 teraflops and the Xbox One X 6 teraflops. I think you're missing the real story <laughs> here because if you didn't, if you weren't paying attention, you just glossed over it. That tweet was sent yeah, out by I, is I, a parrot. A parrot is tweeting. Is what? That's a the news here. Tweeting. I didn't actually click on the, the tweet. But, uh, never mind. He missed it, Alex. I got it. I, uh, He's too he's too much of a technophile yeah. to get just regular humor. I'm, I'm sorry. I I, I I gotta admit, you guys kinda frustrated me with the obsolete argument. Obsolete. I get what you say. I mean I'm I not get what wrong. you say. I know you're not wrong, but I was like, that's not what's important here. Well, I don't I'm just making the point that compare it to the current PlayStation 4, I'll understand yes. that a lot better than you telling me it runs better than some three million yes. graphics card. Alright. Let's let's move on. Moving on. All right, so uh, yield. We we were talking about earlier about Anthem. Yes, there is a report. Uh, this is posted on IGN um, that EA is overhauling Anthem with help from its other developers. Well, I'm sure uh, people. Bio I'm sure people would like that. Okay, Bioware isn't just keeping Anthem alive, but allegedly planning on a major overhaul that will completely reconfigure major gameplay components of the game. That's according to a new report from sources familiar to the project. Kotaku reports that Bioware has been working on some kind of overhaul for Anthem, which has struggled since launch earlier this year. The project is being referred to by some as Anthem 2.0 or Anthem Next. 
The report says concrete details on the overhaul are, sp- are, overhaul are sparse, but the main takeaway are that EA and Bioware have not given up an anthem and instead of working on a content that will breathe new life into the game, similar to what the Taken King did for the first Destiny game. Kotaku's sources familiar with Anthem 2.8 say plans that say the developers are looking into completely overhauling core Anthem systems like loot, quest, and social elements. Some of the changes reportedly include making it so players don't need to go back to the Fort Tarsus after every mission and what a mission technically is, quote. Uh, that was always a weird disconnect. We're trying to integrate the, the, the parts of the game together. Although developers... Across Bioware's Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and Austin, Texas studios are both working on Anthem Overhaul. An anonymous source tells IGN that non-Bioware teams at EA are even chipping in. Sue, my question to you, Yield. Yeah. Uh, is this a lost cause? Because the Taken King did change people's opinions of Destiny. But... Is Bioware have any chance of saving Anthem at this point? Uh, you know, if you're going to keep working on a game, I would I would never say never because I mean, you know, uh, Hello Games kept working on No Man's Sky, and people's opinions turned around on it. So, and what about you? Has I haven't gotten, turned around. I haven't I haven't gotten back into it. I moved on to other games, and now I'm buried. So I'm trying to unbury myself. Um, okay. So I would say that it, it is a possibility. But for somebody like me who wasn't interested in the game to begin with, and then now it it got buried under the we really released a broken game. I'm I'm I've moved on. I'm not going to ever go back and look at it. I mean, my, my, the only way I'd ever go back and looked at it is one if one of my buddies were playing it and went, "Dude, you really got to check this game out." Okay. Alex, what about you? Think uh, Anthem has any chance to come around? With how quickly the online, like most games, lose their audience, even good games lose their audience as they bounce. People bounce from one game to another, depending on new releases. I definitely believe that there's a point where it's just too late to save a game. That the community just moves so quickly with how fast releases come that it may very well be too late for Anthem. One, people don't like EA. And, e- and Anthem got a lot of shit when it first came out, and it had like people had a really bad opinion of it. And so this long after, quite possibly, maybe way too late for them to save Anthem, and they should just say, "All right, we're gonna do like let's work on a sequel or something, and just make it better." Because at this point, I'm not sure they can save it. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, I just started playing Anthem. I've I like what I've played so far, but granted, I'm only an hour into the game. So, here's the thing: you've got games like Apex Legends and Fortnite and a ton of Overwatch. All these things are incredibly popular and taking people's time. Is somebody really going to stop what they're playing and just put that much time into Anthem? Because a game like that, in order to invest in that online community, you need to spend a lot of time with it. So people are already other playing these other multiplayer games or waiting for the next Call of Duty. Is, are they going to actually come back to Anthem or care enough to stop what they're playing? Uh. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm tired. Which, I mean, is the same make, a, argument you can make for Fallout 76 and them trying this new subscription service, Fallout First. Well, like, move on. You, you've you made your mistakes. You have to lie in that bed, but just, like, say, all right, we've learned our, we've learned our lesson. Let's 
work on another project and not just dump more money into this dead project. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, even though I've heard all the troubles about Anthem, I, I'm still gave it a shot. So, I mean, there's other people out there that are going to do the exact same thing. There's people that turned off the Division Tricky. 1. At the same time, you play... The Division is in your, probably your favorite shooter, online shooter, Yeah, correct? my uh, game games of service. And, okay, that plus... Are you planning to buy any other games this holiday, or are you just going to play Division 2 and, you know, keep going with Anthem? Uh, well, I'm probably going to buy Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, and every other game that I wanted got delayed, so... The Last of Us 2. Okay, so do you see yourself playing... Now, granted, The Last of Us 2 comes out in May next year. Do you see yourself spending much time, especially with how you play Rock Band as well, do you see yourself playing, spending that much time in Anthem to really move well, the needle? now I will because I bought the EA Access. I mean, so that... I, I'm going to be giving it some time. But, granted, I only paid $30, but I'm able to play... Uh, Anthem, I'm able to play D for Speed, I'm able to play Unravel, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. So, I, I'm, there's games out there. How much time I'll actually put in Anthem, I don't know. I mean, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Okay, well, with how you like to get Platinums and the games you play for Platinums, all that mixed in with games you actually want to play, I would say that, you know, you're not going to invest as much as EA wants into Anthem in order to make this a good decision for them. Plus, they're, they're already talking, like, from what I read from the title, the article, they are investing in making the game better. So, all this development's going to take time. It's not like it's going to be out tomorrow or next right, week. Right, but, I mean... So, that's an even larger amount of time in between when they first released the game and it got crapped on and when all this is actually well, going to take effect. The same thing can Plus, be said about the Division, though. it's also taking other developers away from other projects. Does that not concern you, that they're sapping resources from other projects? Yes and no. But, I mean, like like I was trying to say, the Division at launch, I mean, you guys remember how much Lucia was giving me shit about the Division. They've really repaired that game. Now, don't, don't give Lucia all the credit. We were all giving you shit well, for the Division. Okay, I'm giving Lucia the credit because neither one of you mofos at the time actually played the game. Well, it was, and, well don't you know how was, the internet works these days? You don't need to play something. It was dividing up all it. of our time. But they worked on that and worked on that. I don't know if that's a video game joke or a math joke, but I'll laugh at it anyway. <laughs> but they worked on it, they worked on it, they worked on it, and the game got better, so... I think Anthem has a shot. Yeah, but they were working on the division right after release, and soon after the release, you talked about how it gotten better within yeah. months. How long was it go? Was it was Anthem this year or last year? Because it was it springtime. It was this year. Okay, so we're talking what? At this uh, po- at this point, months? I think it's uh, might be around six. Hold on, Anthem came out February twenty second, so nine months. Nine months. You don't think that's way too much time to have passed to actually say, okay, all right, guys, we're going to actually overhaul this game. We're going to dump resources and money and developers into this instead of working on other projects to try and save this game that most people, like, during a holiday, too, and going into a holiday, when other people are, like, when people are going to be looking forward to other games and you're still trying to push people towards EA Access, you're actually going to dump resources, resources into this? No wonder people hate well, EA. I mean, you if you if you have a game as a service, you gotta keep reiterating, and that's what Anthem is. It's a game for service. 
yes, but how about make start on Anthem 2 well, and work on that project uh, and take what you've okay, learned from but the first one and make the second fair, one To be fair, if they came, if EA announced Anthem 2 next year, how many people you really think are they going to make sales from when they're going to go, well, why would we buy your sequel when you never release fixed the first one? Why would people go back and play the division? Why would they go back and play Anthem even after EA says they fixed it when there are other because games to that, play? Because games. now, when they do announce Anthem two, the people that have Anthem will say, "Well, let me go back and see how they fixed it, and maybe they learn from their mistakes." But every game has a tail to it, a lifespan, and I would say that with all the problems that Anthem had and all the middling reviews they got, that its time has oh. passed. And you can do whatever you want to the game, but the audience has moved on. Okay, for but the there most are part. exceptions to the rule. I mean, look at I know we're going back years and years and years, but everybody loves World of Warcraft, but nobody seems to remember how broken that game was when it launched. There was also a lot less competition back then fair, for something game enough. like that. I'm just saying, can you think of a mo- like a game within the last five years that launched Destiny. so poorly? was re-overhauled and actually was a successful game that continued Destiny. to thrive after that. I've never played Destiny, but everybody was saying the game was shit when it started. They came out and they were making changes, making changes, and when the Taken King came out, it completely changed the way the game was played and everybody loved it, and that's why Destiny 2 is successful as it is. So, okay, so we're talking about Destiny 2, not the original no, no, Destiny, No, right? I'm saying the original Destiny was broken. They kept fixing it, fixing it, fixing it. Then when the Taken King came out, it completely changed it. Now... Yeah, but how quickly were those fixes implemented, and how out, f- out in the front were they in oh, front of those fixes? Because EA hasn't been out front about this, and now it's nine months later, and they say, okay, we're okay, going to overhaul on. it. And at some point, the audience okay, is Destiny- gone. And no one's listening because all this stuff is hidden on you know video game news sites, <laughs> video game blogs. I'll be upfront. I don't go and read video game news all that often, hardly ever, because quite frankly, like I used to do that. I used to consume as much as I could. Nowadays, I'm just not all that concerned about it. So how many people are actually reading this news that they're going to overhaul it, like this interview, and, and they actually know that and will come back to the game? Most people probably don't unless you're on a podcast or you work for a news site and you need to report Okay, things. well, uh, The Taken King came out September 15th of 15. And Destiny launched, hold on, uh, a year earlier. So a year later, a year and a week later, is when they finally f- changed the, story, the narrative on Destiny. There you go. All right. I mean, I still think that if they're if um, they're updated, because like that was the Bungie crew, yes, right? That was the ex Halo guys. Yeah, Bungie's got a pretty big following of fans, so I would say they get more leeway. Because think- who developed Anthem? Bioware. Bioware. They have and, a big following you know, too. Like. True, but how far has their stock fallen since, like, the, the old Star Wars game they did, like, The Old well, Republic? Because people don't have the same opinion of Bioware that they used to. Well, didn't... what? 
Bioware made, um, hold on. They made the Dragon Age games. They made the Mass Effect games. Okay, well, first of all, the, the, the latest Mass Effect game, I don't know if you remember, was kind of a flop. And 3, guy, 3 was mired in controversy. Yes, but they also fixed 3. Also, Dragon Age, like, not all of those games have been hits. Yes, the, you know, they Dragon have been popular Age, and they have been reviewed very well, but also, they like, there have been misses there, too. Because, like, how many times have you heard people talk about, like, where the quality has gone with Bioware, seen news stories and editorials about where the quality control of Bioware well, to be on, to, to be fair, I mean, look at how much shit Bethesda gets for their games, but people still love them. And basically every freaking... That's because we're fools. Everything, trick. every single Bethesda game comes out and it's broken at launch, but people still buy their games. Well, we'll see about that going forward because after the whole Fallout first debacle, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe people will start turning it. All Bethesda. right, so <laughs> let's move on here. Uh, we have two topics of the week, which I'm probably going to cut one of them because we're getting a little long on time. So, Yield, I'm going to let you choose which one right. we talk about. And if we go through it quick, then we'll do the other one. If not, we'll cut it. All right. We can either talk about what Kojima... Hold on. How is it even a question of which one to talk about? Clearly, we talk about what Kojima has to say about Death Stranding 2 mixed reviews. Or we could talk about how Epic is suing another Fortnite uh, Chapter 2 leaker. See, let me think about this. Uh, the first one. Uh, that's what I thought. I told I, you. I, I'm just be, trying to not be a, a dictator. Be, and God King Kojima is talking. You should be chomping at the bit to, to spew anything he has okay, to say. Okay, so I don't know if you guys heard this, but there have been a lot of mixed reviews on Death Stranding. Well, yeah, it, it, it didn't do very well. Well, it's holding an 83 on Metacritic, which is pretty good. Not the best, but not, you know, that's pretty good. Okay, let's let's. Eighty three is good. Like anything eighty and above, at like seven and like seventy and above, that's pretty good. I'd say seven point five and above okay. is good. Even still above seven, you're good. Let's not like get on this whole tangent uh, of oh, it's not perfect. Okay, so it okay. Sucks. I'm just well, that's where uh, we're at in today's video game world, Alex. If it's not a nine or a ten, it sucks. I get enough of that shit from the Pokemon community where if it's not perfect IVs, they fucking hate it and they throw in the trash bin. I'm so fucking All right, back to Hideo Kojima and Death Stranding. Oh, didn't he just release a game? (laughs) Over the weekend, Hideo Kojima shared his thoughts on why his latest video game may be receiving mixed reviews, particularly from U.S. press. Uh, Kojima quotes quickly spread online, but IGN has acquired an updated translation of why Kojima believes Death Stranded is receiving mixed responses in the U.S. compared to Europe and Japan. In an interview between Hideo Kojima and Italian game website TGCOM24, Kojima says that the American preference for first-person shooters may have affected players' response to Death Stranding. An original translation of Kojima's response also suggested that Death Stranding was better than a shooter. However, IGN's version of the quote finds that 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 part to be inaccurate. Uh, And IGN's independent translation of Kojima's answer says, quote, I must say that the game has received some enthusiastic reviews above all in Europe and Japan. 
here in the U.S. Instead, we've had stronger criticisms. Perhaps it's a game that's difficult to understand for a certain type of critic and some of the public. Americans are some of the biggest first-person shooter fans, and Death Stranding isn't that. In a follow-up, a representative from Sony also provided a translation of Kojima's final line in the quote. According to them, Kojima said, quote, In America, there are a lot of FPS fans. Maybe those fans are saying this is like a different game and are not rating it very high. In either case, Kojima does seem to say that a cultural preference for shooters in the U.S. may be skewing the reviews for Death Stranding, but it doesn't appear as though he is claiming that Death Stranding is a better than a first-person shooter game. So. I don't know why he assumes that we all like first-person shooters. Do I like some first-person shooters? Okay. Yeah, with the right okay, twist, hold the right on. story, hold the right on, characters. Alex, Alex, hold but, hold no, on, no, 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 no. I, I don't want you on. to go down that path yet because I want to point something out. This is coming from Kojima speaking Japanese to an Italian website. So there's a translation there. And then what the website is posting is from there being translated into English. So you have three different languages and two different translations going on at the same time. So we don't know exactly what the the hell he was actually saying. So is this why you didn't want to talk about this story? Because you... Throw well, that the, the point is, is that it's it's news because a game director is making a comment about why his game is not being rated as well as other places. Like, I'm sorry, that's not a story to me. In the fact that that's like somebody coming up to me and I I'm getting pissed off. Because somebody doesn't like this episode of Trophy Horse. I'm biased. I recorded the episode. I edited the episode. I'm biased. So, me going around bitching and complaining because somebody doesn't like a particular episode of Trophy Horse, it's a non-story. Look, I respect all the work that Hideo Kojima has done. And he comes across as one of those guys who's like, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to develop the game that I want to develop and tell the story I want to tell, and whether you like it or not, I don't really care. I think his reasoning that people, if that is what was said, if that was the intent and the meaning behind his words, I think it's ridiculous to say that people don't like this game, it got bad reviews because, or I should say mixed reviews, that um, people in the U.S. like first-person shooters and they don't really prefer anything else because they're too busy playing FPS games. Yes, First-person shooters are a very popular genre of game in the U.S. I, personally, do not prefer them to other styles of games. Action-adventure, story-driven games, like, yes, I will play some FPS games, but it's got to be told in a certain light. There's got to be a certain story, plot to it. You know, generally, it's like a sci-fi theme to it. But to, to generalize an entire, you know, sect of gamers, you know, based on their geography and say, well, they, don't li- they poorly reviewed our games because it's not a first-person shooter... Okay, well then why didn't the Metal game, Metal Gear games get, you know, uh, lower scores or more mixed reviews? And that's a fair point. And one, like... So if that is his reasoning, it's terrible reasoning. Okay, there, there's other... You know, Yield, let me go. let you go first and say your piece. Because there's, uh, there's another controversy with uh, game, game review for the game. So what do you think about uh, Hideo's comments, Yield? Well... I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat as Alex, as in I, 
I'm not a huge fan of first-person shooters. I am a third-person guy. But I understand... I understand what he might be saying in the sense that that game may have not set well with with the Western audience over here. But saying because they like first-person shooters more, I don't really necessarily agree with that because, uh, you know, I mean, I'll play a first-person shooter if I enjoy the game. I, I just think that that it wasn't a Metal Gear game, so you kind of lost that fan base. And even you yourself said the whole time this game was coming out, everybody was like, well, what the hell am I playing? And so until that and gets... I'm, and and you I'm still playing it now, and I'm still asking that question. Still, that's what I'm saying. So, so unless you were a huge Hideo fan, you know, he's not doing Metal Gear, so... A lot of those people were probably just sitting back and waiting to find out what what kind of game it is. They didn't just rush out and blindly pick it up. Well, they're, they're also saying that, and I haven't experienced this myself, but they're also saying that this game is making a strong political statement about the current status of the United States. Well, maybe. You never know with Hideo. He likes to troll people. Okay, so I think more than the you know the supposed preference of FPS games by American gamers, I think the biggest thing that hurt this game was the fact that there was not any clarity as to what was going on in the game. What it was wasn't very transparent or clear what the objective was in the game, why you wanted to play it, and even now, tricky, you're having, you're struggling to find that out. So I think that definitely hurt it and you know it you know maybe people were looking for reviews and you know to hear word of mouth once it came out to understand better understand the game we don't have that and the reviews are mixed you know so like how is that not the most hurtful thing for the game rather than you know the idea that people like fps games and they can't properly review anything else okay well talking about hurting the game let's talk about the controversy i didn't put this article in the agenda because i actually just remembered it as we were talking but did you guys hear about uh, Famitsu's uh, review of Death Stranding? No. Okay. So, apparently, and I haven't seen this for myself yet, so I'm uh, speaking on other words. There is a cameo of Famitsu in the game. And okay, the controversy... Who, who is Mitsu? Fumitsu. It's a uh, Japanese publication. Okay. Uh, basically, they're like an IGN, but in Japan. Okay, so they reviewed the game and gave the game a perfect score. So the controversy's coming through. Is it a conflict of interest that you're in the game and you're also reviewing the game? So that's also hurting... The, the the news of Death Stranding because a lot of people are saying that it's bullshit that if you make a cameo in the game you shouldn't also be able to review the game and it now that you actually did review the game you gave it a perfect score while obviously everybody else is giving it mixed reviews you know I, I take that with a grain of salt I mean if they're in the game and they're giving it a, a review 
and it's a perfect review, I you should just look at it and go, well, it's probably skewed a little bit because they're in the game, so let's go well, more independent. Well, to to be honest, I'm looking at the article right now and I'll you know, I'll put it in the Skype chat for you guys so you can look at it. Um, if I actually came across this in the game, if I didn't know this already, like I, if I didn't read this article, I would have known this was a cameo. Well, that's because no. you don't read Japanese stuff. Well, I read Japanese visual novels. No, you play Japanese visual novels. It was a joke. I know it was. I was just being uh, more But specific. Al, Alex, you being a uh, a former game reviewer for the old sarcastic gamer and Big Red Barrel, um, if you would happen to make a cameo in the game, would you feel comfortable reviewing that game? I mean, if a publication told me, like, I feel like even if, I, I, I'm struggling to, to kind of, like, form the words properly, because I don't know if Famitsu was just put in there, like, as a deal between Kojima and Famitsu, or Famitsu was just put in there because, like, it's a staple of Japanese gaming, and it just kind of shows up in the background of a game, because, um, you know... The uh, Kojima was trying to capture some of Japanese culture there. Like I, I don't know what the, the if there was a deal between the two, or if, or if um, Kojima just said, "Sure, we'll put it in there," or you know, if, if Kojima would even if you want to do that, he would have to go to Famitsu to get well, there. Okay. Well, to to know. be fair, Herman Holst also makes a cameo, the new president of Worldwide Studios, and there is a strong and I mean strong product placement of Monster Energy drinks. Which, say what you want, second Death Stranding came out, uh, Monster Energy drink stock rose. Uh, I literally just did a mission in the game where, I'm, I, I'm not even joking, I had to deliver a pizza, and one of the requirements was to make sure that I kept the, the pizza flat, because if it turned sideways, I would damage it. But there was no Pizza Hut or Domino's or Papa John's marketing, it was just deliver this pizza it would seem odd that Famitsu would be in there as uh, a publication like a big Japanese review publication so I don't know it's it's very odd and you said they gave him a perfect they, score Famitsu gave it a perfect score well that seems did anyone else give it a perfect yeah score? other people gave it perfect scores but okay. if they were the only one giving it a perfect score like I still like if there's any dealings or any connection between the reviewer and the game itself, the studio, like, I look at that, like Yield said, I look at that very warily. Like, I almost don't consider that review, that outlet's review, because, like, do you have a tie here that you shouldn't have? Is there some kind of conflict of interest? Whether there's one or not, I don't know. But it makes me, you know, I look at that and say, okay, I, I am not paying attention to your review because I don't know what's going on in the background there. So I take them out. Um, if I were a reviewer asked to to do this for Famitsu, you know, I would do it because it's my job. You know, there may not very well be shenanigans shenanigans going on here, but would I feel completely comfortable with it, or would I assume that people would look at my review as you know just like that we were paid or we got some benefits to give them a, a good score? Like, yes, that would probably in my head as I was writing. Well, I, see, I I would start that article by first line, first paragraph. 
just so you know, we're, we are a cameo in the game. Started off, be, be clear. Well, I think that, you know, a lot of reviewers or most reviewers or any reviewer should write a disclaimer. Hey, like, we got a review copy of this game or we bought the, we the, the game ourselves. If you get it. Like, if you're writing a review, that kind of disclaimer of how you got the game or any relationship you might have with the developer. Needs well, see, to be out FCC there. regulations, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. You get anything from Sony, the FCC requirement is you have to mention that you received a review copy of whatever product, whether it be a PlayStation 4, a video game, a controller, a statue, whatever. You have to mention it. And on Proof of Gamer, if anybody writes a review and we got a review copy, I make sure at the bottom of it, it says this product was uh, was supplied to us by a developer for and, and was reviewed on whatever system. So, there you go. All right, let's close out the show, gentlemen. Let's clean this shit up and deliver some pizzas. But don't turn those pizzas on oh their side. I, don't. Yeah, Remember don't forget to drink. Uh, uh, Provegame.com is looking for some writers, podcasts, videos, news, sports, and general help with the site. If you're interested in applying, go to Provegame.com, click on the Help Want tab, and fill out the application. I will get back to you as soon as possible. While you're there, be sure to check out all of the articles and all of the videos. Speaking of videos, they can be found on YouTube by doing a search for official Gamer. You can also catch me streaming at twitch.tv backslash Gamer. As soon as my flipping computer works correctly. <coughs> flipping computer works correctly, man. I was gonna, I was gonna curse, but my sweet mama D is like ten feet behind me. Man. Anyway, continue. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, there are several ways to get a hold of us. The first one is our phone number. She's behind you. Was that yeah, my? Yeah, waiting for. Was that I'm my cue? You to say that, Yes. You, you didn't say yield. Because uh, you know, I was listening to episode four hundred nine uh, today. Yeah. To find all the uh, shenanigans that Alex put in the show for Daryl. Yeah. There were only two shenanigans. Well, actually, one was a clarification. The other one was a Daryl shenanigan. And actually, not a shenanigan because he, der- he deserves due credit. If you're going to sit here and toot your toot own toot. horn tricky every week. I'm I'm the, the pip of the show. I get the toot all I want. Uh, anyway, let, let's get on with this. Yield. Anyway, yeah. Phone number. 330 proven 9. 330 776 8369. You can send us an email at com. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, you can contact us at the site at Proven Gamer, at the show, Trophy Yours, at me, Tricky Mick. Uh, yield. I, I yield to no one. And Alex at Saundersaurus Rex. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Be sure to listen to our other podcasts PG Spoilers and Game Stuff. Uh, all- well, hold on, Tricky. I uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like you like to you know toot your own trophy count. Like, like did you earn any new pla- any, any new platinum this week? One. Okay. Well, I missed that okay. part of the show. Well, shit, man. What was I the platinum? Tell you. It it doesn't matter what the platinum is in. Praise King Daryl. You really interrupted me just so you could rock me. Yeah, he did. Daryl. He did. That was pretty good. All the podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, Stitcher, your various podcast applications on your smart devices, Google Play, TuneIn, and you can listen to Trophy Horse on Pandora, 
Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Wow, you guys are just that's pretty impressive. So good job, enthusiastic guys. this week. We are woo. Well, you usually don't leave a pause for us to respond. You just say it. I say it, and you uh, never mind. PlayStation 4 community. This is one for the site, Prove a Gamer. There's one for the show called T Dubs Brothel because, well, Herman Holst won't let us say whores on the network. And, you know, that doesn't. Sa- it's the end of an era. We no longer can I, say shit. Yeah, I was going to say, it, does, it Her- doesn't work the tongue as well. Herman Hustle. <laughs> and Yield's group is the Platinum Guild, which he'll be giving you a shout outs next week. Right, Yield? Yeah! Because you forgot this week, didn't you? I did. I was playing Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, how is that, by the way? I'm enjoying it. It's I I really so it, it takes place. Uh, I just won't say right after Episode Three, but you know, in, in the years after Episode Three, so it was really cool. This is right at the very beginning of the game. You're working on a uh, basically a, a scrapyard. And the Empire is scrapping all of the Separatist ships. So it's pretty cool that in the background you see all the Separatist ships that are crashed on the planet. And they're bringing them down from orbit down so you, so they can be scrapped out to be used for the, you know, the Empire war machine. And so it was, it was pretty cool to see all those old ships. All right. Uh, that is the end of our housekeeping. Uh, but we do have some sponsors. Uh, Alex, tell us about Humble Bundle. I almost thought about pulling a yield there and just responding with yes. You should have. Tell us about Humble Humble Bundle is a charity initiative that every month they bundle together digital goods, uh, games, uh, books, all this different kind of stuff. And they sell it in tiered bundles at reduced prices. So even if you have to pay 20 bucks for a to get all the video games in a uh, bundle, you're still getting a much better price than paying 250 or so dollars for them. And again, the money does go to charity. So the more you can pay, the better. Uh, you kind of get your name to your pr- you get to name your price for each bundle. But again, you have to hit certain benchmarks as far as how much you pay in order to earn everything. So uh, you can set the the bar really low. But you know, the more you can uh, give to the bundle, the more of the bundle you'll get, and then you're also helping more people via the charities. So it's best to give as much as you can. Uh, go to HumbleBundle.com to check out what they have for this month on offer, and then also sign up for their electronic newsletter to, fi- to keep up to date on right. the latest. Yield. Yes? Uh, I'm trying to see what I want you to tell us about. Tell us about Amazon, and don't tell me it's a rainforest in the... South America. Well, no, I was just going to tell you it's not another river in the South America, but it's also a big rainforest in South America. What else would you like me to tell you about it? You want, me, te- that. You want me to tell me you that, that about someday drones will be delivering your packages from the Amazon not, rainforest? No, I want you to tell me how the listeners can help support us by using Amazon. So if they go to ProvingGamer.com first on the side of the screen, there's an ad for Amazon. And if you click on that ad, it takes you over to Amazon and allows you to do your shopping as you normally would. Everything that you buy there, every little, a tiny little bit, gets kicked back to ProvingGamer.com. And it helps us keep the lights on, helps us pay for the big mansion that Tricky bought us all to record in. <sighs> and but, but! No, I won't say nope. that because it's funny when people do it and they don't realize it. So never mind, I'm not going to say that. 
continue on with your shopping as you normally would. It helps us out greatly, especially at the holiday uh, season. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm gonna. You. I'm gonna tell you. What are you gonna tell us? Oh God! Why are you being annoyed? Because I can't right now. All right, Alex, tell us about Extra Life, and then I have a special uh, special offer that I put out on Facebook today in case anybody didn't see it. I'm going to match on the show. Alex, tell us about Extra Life. Extra Life is a charity initiative every year that supports the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. So it's basically a 24-hour gaming marathon in which you game all day, and you collect donations or sponsorships for your gaming marathon. Uh, we recently finished Extra Life earlier in November, so they're still collecting money until the end of the year if you want to donate. But you can go to extra-life.org to sign up to you know continue raising money or to you know um, donate money to somebody else's cause. Uh, what you need to tell people if you choose to support Extra Life and play for Extra Life is that 100% of the money that you collect, your donations, your sponsorships, will go to the Children's Miracle Network Hospital that you've opted to represent. The motto for Extra Life is play games, heal kids. It is the best example of a win-win situation you have ever heard of. All right. Uh, I'm looking right now, and it just messed up. Uh, so far this year, Alex, how much do you think Extra Life has raised? Thirteen million. Close. Twelve point five. I was just rounding up. Well, I'm sure we're gonna crack thirteen million. Uh, so what is my offer? Well, there are some people who are going to remain nameless until my shout-outs that reside in this house that do not want to see uh, the hair on my chinny-chin-chin anymore. So, uh, one of my coworkers talked me into this. If I reach my goal, which I am currently $495 off of, I am willing to shave off my beard and keep it off for a period of one year. So. Your face will look awful naked when uh, you show up without a beard on. Guild, what do you think about that? Do you think that's fair? Sure. I think it'd be kind of funny. Kind of funny. Yield just wants to laugh at you. Yes. Also, don't plug other people's websites on this show, Yield. Unless they come on oh, the show. Ha! Ha ha! Ha ha! I did that inadvertently. That's pretty good. You didn't hear me when I go with ha, kind of funny? No, I didn't. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, last sponsor is Patreon. If you go to patreon.com backslash proofgamer, uh, no matter what tier you decide to support us at, know that it helps you keep the, the bills on, uh, helps pay for this big beautiful mansion that we uh, can't afford um, and thank you for our Patreon producers Felicia Steph and CJ Anderson also remember if you are Amazon Prime you are also Twitch Prime if you couldn't would uh, link up the two Ashley uh, I'm telling you because Alex if all the years on the show never told you to do this stop calling people I'm out Tricky Worry about yourself. I'm only calling her out because uh, I don't know if she told you, but I sent her a message saying, hey, do you know if you're Amazon Prime, you're also Twitch Prime? She goes, no, what is that? I said, you really don't listen to the housekeeping. <laughs> but she won't get that reference until she actually listens to episode 409. Uh, yeah, link the two up. 
Uh, come to twitch.tv backslash proven gamer and click the subscribe with Prime button. You do have to do it every month, but that good guy Tricky, he uh, he he sends a reminder to do it. Unlike the goddess who I told to do it, and she goes, "I don't know how to do it." Yes, I'm calling her out. How many people are you going to call out during this I, this segment of? You have no idea how frustrated I am with this damn computer. Alex, I know you missed that part of the story, but basically, I spent about three hours in the store trying to find the right computer. Spent a buttload of money. Come home and they forgot to install Windows into the computer. And me being tech savvy, savvy, said, "You know what? I'll do it." Grabbed the Windows disk. There's no disk drive on the damn computer. So I'm really pissed off. So I'm calling everybody out. Okay. Ah, uh, shoutouts. Alex, we'll start with you. Want to give a shout out to the fuel to the fire that is trophy whores, the listeners. Thank you all very much for your continued support of the show, pushing us to even greater heights and continuing to help the show grow, get on new platforms like Pandora. Without you all, we wouldn't be on iHeartRadio or Spotify. So thank you for continuing to support the show with your ears. Also, I mean, you know, if you want to support us with your uh, your mouth, that sounds kind of dirty. But what I'm saying is, if you want to, you know, spread the word of Trophy Horrors, tell all your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your family about it, tell them to listen to Trophy Horrors, we would uh, appreciate it oh so very much. Also, want to give a shout out to Stephen and Andy, who, if you did not hear, have recently left the Proven Gamer Podcast Network, but they are still doing the Nintendo Dual Screens. They're just doing their thing over on the new website, DualScreens.com. So, big shout out to those guys. Also, I want to give a shout out, last but not least, to my loving girlfriend, Ashley, who I love very much, and who is, uh, yeah, just amazing, though. So, thank you very much, honey. I appreciate you so much. Yield your shout out, sir. So, I would like to give a shout out to you, the Pimpin' Adams of the Hordom. Thank you for downloading, listening, and interacting us on the PSN, Facebook, or in our groups. A shout out to Alex for not only making supper, but then turning around and recording a podcast. Shout out to Tricky. Because he put together the show, and he's editing this week. And a shout-out to, you know, because it's kind of funny, the people who borked his big old expensive gaming computer. I hate you right now. I know. People love to hate me. Ask people at work. I'm just a, just bringing all kinds of fun and awesomeness. Um, you know, EA is normally the evil empire, but I am enjoying Respawn's Star Wars game so far, so I will give a little shout-out to them. And... That'll do me for the week. Alright, uh, my first shout-out is to the recorder I used last on last week's show, because if I have to say so myself, that audio was pretty damn good, uh, Alex. What do you think? Guess he didn't like it, or he walked away. All right, I want to give a shout-out to Sweet Mama D, uh, who I just had to send to bed and have to edit that part out of the show. Uh, shout-out to the goddess, who is over in the kitchen, currently about 10 feet behind me, uh, getting ready to make me some chicken cutlets for dinner. I thought I'd just throw something fly by my head. Uh, and shout-out to the listeners. Thank you very much. And if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Bye. Later.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.